So sometimes that failure can move you into such an amazing place and space that you didn't even know was possible for you. Which leads me to number two, dream big. Change happens in huge dreams. And when you allow yourself to actually step into those dreams, that's when massive changes occur. Welcome, I'm Peter Williams, and for the past 10 years, I've been connecting with thousands of people from the stage and online to help them discover the importance of spiritual and energetic practices so they can thrive with confidence, clarity, and purpose. It is time to awaken your connection, align with your soul, and achieve your own inner power right here on the Inner Power Podcast. So welcome back. We're joined again by the awesome Nick Demos. And I tell you what, I don't think I've ever ended an episode on such a cliffhanger. And I couldn't help. I got off recording from part one. And I said to Nick, you nailed it. What perfect choreography. <laughs> well, you know, it's, oh. like, it's like when you watch a Netflix show. You yeah. know what I mean? Like one of those like docu-series type thing. And it's like content, content, content cliffhanger to get you to like continue on to continue to get you to binge so i yeah. hope you're binging this look if i ever was i'm not binging from this i'll tell you what they're not resonating with my podcast at all so i might be in a greater world of hurt but honestly what an absolute story like and i think it really i don't know how well i personally i'm a little bit lost for words hearing the story because this is the first time i've you've actually um, shared this story with me and it's like an honor to hear it but to obviously now sit here and talk about it and to say for yourself, like like you were saying, at the epitome of the or the highlight of, you know, that career path, so to speak, and you're there and number one, you're thinking about investors first and foremost, okay, oh, wow, like, okay, they're going to get some money back. And then number two, you're talking about walking up on stage, collecting this awesome award and it's a, a, you know, a recognition and a dedication to all the hard work that you've put in. And yet you're saying you're having this out-of-body experience. And so after this, you're saying how, like, now the real work began. This is when you really had to dig deep. So we're really looking forward to hearing more about this. So can you walk us through? So you're saying this had to change again, obviously. So where did this lead you? What kind of work were you jumping into after this? Yeah, so that really led to the biggest change of my life, which was diving in with a therapist and digging through the trauma, the years oh. of abuse that I experienced in childhood, the feeling of not being seen by my family, the feeling of being a little gay boy who grew up in rural Montana, USA, and really having to dive through that, dive into that, not through it, really dive into it so I could get through it. I also dove even further into my yogic journey. I went and studied much deeper. I sat with a teacher. I went and even lived with him for a bit. I really dove into the practices. And what that did for me of really diving into who am I? Who am I really? Who am I without all of these, without the award, without the achievement, without the validation? How do I self-validate? How do I turn it inward and really understand myself at a level at which I didn't at that time? And so it was several years, but what came out of that was newfound creativity, 
a deeper sense of story, a deeper sense of belonging to all things, not just that which was achievement, to the oneness of humanity. And from there, I began to create these documentaries that I wouldn't have done otherwise. I was very single theater focused. I began to create more stories of the human spirit and diving into people's stories in a much deeper way of interviewing people like you're doing. Of It just built this well of new energy that was from in out versus outside in. Oh, love that. And through that, something needed to shift. My business partnership in the theater shifted, and that began to to dissipate because I was changing. And I wasn't changing, actually. I said I was changing, but I wasn't changing. I was stepping more into who I actually was fully. And when that happens, vibrationally, things begin to fall away. Relationships shift. Because as you evolve... Some people are going to evolve with you, and some people are going to begin to shed and fall away. And it was natural. It wasn't a, oh, we have to break up. It wasn't like that at all. It was simply that I was shifting. And so therefore, so did the relationships. I began to have this real sense of needing to serve in a different way, in a more profound, deeper way, more directly with people one-on-one. Because one of the things about theater or entertainment is that you are affecting people. These stories that you tell definitely affect people. There's no question about it. They can shift minds. They can shift hearts. But I felt this calling now, because I was listening, to do some one-on-one work with people, to work in a group, to create community. And so that really is what led me to the online space. A friend of mine said, I think you need an online business. I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. I can barely turn on my computer. That is, I have to admit, like, coming from that background and Tony Awards and like going through, and they go, you need an online business. It is a little, like, it's a, it's a hard one to follow, isn't it? It's a little bit of... She just was she, was, she was an intuitive, and she just had this sense that this was my next step. And again, a bit like the, you know... Going from a bare head to a theater, a manager of a theater, <laughs> a yeah, <producing> director... <laughs> It was a bit like, wait, what? How, what is this journey that I'm on? How come it's not linear like everybody else? I did go through a bit of that, right? Oh, okay. Oh, th- but this is actually the creative life. This is the spiral. And if you're listening, you follow, rather than it being about my ego or where I needed it to go. And so I then listened to that calling and found a mentor and began to come on to this online world, this entrepreneurial crazy space, Peter, that I met you at, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and finding that. I just hear that, I'm like, wow, like, and jumping into it. And it's just out of curiosity now, like, you know, following that, and let's just clarify for our listeners and viewers here. So it is like, like we've gone from dancer and barehead doing Russian jumps, lacking and struggling to find our spot on Christmas Day, and then come to a theater in Florida for winter, which is like, yay. And then eight years later in that space, you know, doing that, collecting awards, doing your own production back on Broadway, and then big shift, massive, sounds like a very, I don't know how to describe it, it's very personal journey. It's like a, obviously a lot of healing, a lot of discovery, um, a lot of, you know, truth and a lot of coming back into yourself and resonating with what's right for you. 
to be suggested to go into a, into the online space. So just out of curiosity for our listeners, how do you what in the online space exactly? How does it mean that you think about like this train of thought or this, this, this your I can't say line because it's a little bit of a squiggly one, but that's perfectly fine. So what is it in the online space that kind of drew you? What was your first initial thought or what were you kind of discovering there? Well, I had been teaching yoga. After I studied deeply, I taught for many years and I even taught in teacher training programs across the world and, you know, in Guatemala and Costa Rica and UK. And, you know, so I had already been a teacher of sorts. And I thought when I came into the to the online space, I was going to teach meditation and I was going to teach yogic philosophy. And that's where I came in thinking I was going to do. That was the entire first year, well, six months, until people kept saying to me, how did you build this business so fast? What are you doing? And this was before 2020, right before 2020. It was 2019. And so I began giving people classes on how to do it because that's what people were asking of me. And then that sort of expanded and, and, and grew from there consequently. Because yes, my business did build fairly quickly in the online space because I had all of those business skills coming in. Because I also had built not a huge following, but a following enough that people were willing to pay me to teach them. And that combination of those things then led me to then be the teacher of teachers, which is what I was doing in yoga. So it's always been sort of that, you know, that way. And get this, one of the things I most love about the online space is it's full circle for me. You know why? I get to dance on reels. Now, I don't have a bear head. Maybe I need to get a bear head. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll, I'll get you one for Christmas. <laughs> just, make, just to really make sure it is full circle. We'll get a bear head. It's like, even if I get a Yogi B Bear face mask, that'll be enough just to do it. But uh, oh, that's hilarious. But <laughs> it's a, Don't you love that? It's like tech, like now I can dance the way I want to dance without the bear head. <laughs> well, we go. well, one of the things about the online space that I absolutely love that is related to that is that it for it is bringing together all of these pieces, all, all of that, that, that story that we just went through in part one, if you haven't listened, and part two is that it brings it all together. And I get to create organically and authentically and I get to teach and I get to share and I get to talk on stages and I get, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just this natural fit. Now, there are things that I don't like. I'll be very, very blunt and clear about that. <laughs> there are things yeah. I don't care for. You know, there's some minutia stuff, you know, and building a team, which I'm great at building a team. Like, there's good stuff. There's more good than there is the crap that I don't like, the minutia. I don't know if you <laughs> feel just, that way. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like everything like, brought you here? It's like I always do every, and that's a big thing. I was actually going to bring you into that because it is, it's a very valid point that a lot of people start thinking like, I think people, and your story is again, a beautiful example of this is I find so many people are afraid to try something so new or left field for the reason that they feel that they're going to lose a part of their identity or they're going to waste some of their past knowledge or experience. But, you know, your story, 100%, it just shows you that 
No, no, no. It's just all adding up and it's all helping you to lead you all the way back to dancing back on Instagram reels. So, you know, <laughs> all, all that shit. Full circle. But it is, but it's like, and look where it is now. And I wanted to quickly touch on, if you don't mind, about the difference because, you know, even just hearing you talk about that, and you can just tell, like, I love the passion. I love the enthusiasm that comes out of and hearing in your voice when you're talking about you get to create and like, you know, it's authentic. You know, these are very, very powerful words. And it's even more powerful because, you know, 100%, you know, you can feel it. You can hear it in your voice. That's what I love the most. But it's interesting, like talking about that, can you possibly describe the difference? Like you're saying beforehand, you said it was driven. Whereas mm-hmm. like, and then after doing that inner work and kind of coming out here now, you say it's more authentic. I know it's a bit of a deep one. It might be a little bit philosophical. I'm putting you on the spot, but it's like, do you can you possibly describe that for people? Because I think that's a really important difference to try and help people to understand if we can. So ultimately for me, it's energetic. This is an energetic experience. When I am out of alignment and working from more of that egoic place, it's harder. It feels harder. It feels pushed. It feels at times difficult. It feels out of, again, out of body almost. And when it is authentic in alignment, it feels easy and joyous. I can always tell by the level of my joy where I'm at. It's like a scale for me where, you know, am I on a one today on my joy or am I at a 10? If I'm at my 10, then I'm in my zone, you know, I'm in my, my at my ultimate zone. And so it, it, because not everything you do, right, that you create is going to feel like a 10 all the time. That's not what I'm saying. But I know if I'm tipping the scale below that five, I'm pushing. I'm not coming from a place of truth versus when I'm on the other side of the scale. And the, like you said, the passion, I can feel, you can feel it. Yeah. The passion, the joy. That's the difference for me. I think that's a great way of looking at going, you know, scale of one to 10. And I think I love that honesty there going, hey guys, it's not going to be a 10 every day um, because there's like, you know, look, we, we all still have to suffer some of the good old reality side of things and, you know, paperwork and all that kind of crap and, you know. <laughs> And entrepreneurship, as you and I both know and have discussed, is an, is is a bit of a roller coaster. There are days that it feels great, and there are days that it's rough because you are creating, and creation in its very nature is chaotic. It's not smooth. No, well, you know, hence, look, you know, what the universe was created with the Big Bang. I don't think that was exactly. <laughs> I don't think it was. The, I don't think it was smooth. I, I can't imagine someone playing the harp and say, "Yes, let the planets and the stars be created." <laughs> You know, it'd be nice, maybe. You never know in an alternate reality, maybe. But uh, <laughs> get it. maybe. But it is. It's. It is like it is hundred percent. It is a. It's a very entrepreneurship. Exactly is up and down, but it's kind of working with it. But I like I always say to people too, which I can relate to, is like the one thing I love about the entrepreneurship, which is a double edged sword. Don't get me wrong. Is that like you said, you come from that space, you can create how you want, and away you go. But I always find, of course, some things are great, some things not so great. Let it be known, people. Like you know, it's a, it's one of those things. Like even still now, like even though I've been on tour for ten years, yes, I can I can sit and, and stand and speak in front of an audience of three hundred plus, and yet I go to a different place and I'm lucky to have forty people in front of me. But that's just the way it is, and you just that's part of it, you know. And the whole thing is you, you just go with those motions. You can't help that. 
But I do love the fact because for me and a part of that is if something does start to shift or change, I feel the freedom in a sense of being able to adapt to that rather than, you know, how like, you know, I don't know whether you found it in your theatre days or even like your producer, hey, you got to go, you got to really push through this. Doesn't matter what happens because you have obligations or you got you, you odors to people and stuff like that. Like it's, it gets, can be a bit arduous. Yeah, I think one of the advantages of that early life as an actor and as a dancer and as a creative of any kind or all the kinds that I did is that you have to be adaptable. It's a learned behavior. And the more you do it, the better at it you get. I think when I was really young, it was easier because as I said, I didn't have anything tying me. I didn't have the responsibilities. As you get older, you have a bit more knowledge and a bit more ties, a few more ties. And so it can seem more difficult almost to make changes, to make those changes, which are which is slightly different than adaptability. I think of change as a choice and adaptability is what's come to you and how do you respond to it. That is powerful too. Like change is a choice. And again, I think your story exemplifies that. Like, you know, that moment of receiving that award and having that out-of-body experience going, I need to do this work. You made the choice to go, right, and I'm going to make a change here because as much as this is wonderful, but this is not how it was, this is not how it's supposed to be. And sometimes changes aren't necessarily a choice. It's given to us, right? If you suddenly have cancer or you suddenly, you know, that's not a choice, right? But but it's a change. So some are given and that's where adapt, adaptability comes in versus the making the choice change. And I like to think that it is both. And I like, you know, of course, if those changes, like I've had changes that have been given to me, that was, you know, of course, that was the, uh, the Japan earthquake and whatever else. <laughs> I didn't have much of a choice in that one. But still had to make the choices around stay, you know, stay in Japan, stay in that town, change countries, whatever else. You know, there's, there's always there's other choices that flow on from that. You know, it's a bit of a cause and effect really kind of comes to it. But I think it's a powerful thing to recognize that. So change and adaptability are a big thing. But, you know, I love hearing that. I think what a wonderful journey kind of, you know, making your way through all of that. And I love that. I love how you're like. It's like, oh, okay, you want me to tell you want me to tell you how to do it? Okay, I'll tell you how to do it. I love how just like, okay, like you just so love that. Just like, cool, let's go with that. It's so nice, go with the flow. I well, I just realized that that's what they what people wanted. And who I have to step out of the way and be be that channel rather than me saying, no, that's not the flow. That's not the way. <laughs> Uh, seriously, we're going to have to band together and do a live speaking gig. I can imagine how much fun we could really have. <laughs> I would love that. I would it's absolutely gonna, love uh, that. Oh, look, see, it's it's on my radar. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. See, I'm like that. I'm like, no, nah, it's there. It's like, oh, this is going to be done. Put it out there. Oh, Put massively. It out there. It's done. Absolutely massively. But just to have you look at it and like kind of to sum up this, because what a, what a beautiful journey where you're at and not being afraid of change. But if you could list three big things that, you know, the lessons that you've really got out of your journey so far, what would they be? Mm, good question. Boom. Uh, See? Three big... <laughs> Surprise choreograph, you know. Do not put that in script for Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the three big ones. Don't be afraid to fail. Because I think that uh, what holds people back from changing is their fear around failure. And the truth of the matter is that you're going to fail. And failure can be the best thing that happens to you. 
some of those, if I hadn't failed when I wrote that musical that fell apart, the documentary that I'm now doing probably wouldn't have happened because I would have been only doing those musicals, right? So sometimes that failure can move you into such an amazing place and space that you didn't even know was possible for you, which leads me to number two, dream big. Change happens in huge dreams. And when you allow yourself to actually step into those dreams, that's when massive changes occur. And and again, in ways that you can't even currently maybe fully imagine. You just have to be open to the idea that they can, that they can. Number three, drum roll, please. Number three, (laughs) wisdom about change. Let's see. As I look back on on my life, I said, don't be afraid of failure. Mm -hmm. I said, what's the second thing I said? <laughs> no, it's like you know how like it was. You know how like you talk and you go into it, and then you you don't. It's not even you anymore. And then you're like, oh, I forgot that already. That's, I uh, look. I 100 percent know what that feeling's like. Yeah, no, it was. Um, <laughs> you know. I was so I was so wrapped. I was. I think I was. I was prompting and thinking, do I dig deeper here with the "don't be afraid" point? And it's like you know, <laughs> dream big was number yeah. two. Yeah, dream big was number um, two. Yep. Yeah, and I think the other. Th- the other thing that I've really learned on this path is to go within first. If you can, turn inward first to go outward. I used to try to do everything from the outside in. I don't know if that, that, that's an old acting school thing. Like the you know old British acting school is outside in. American acting school is inside out. I don't know what Australia is. You'll have to tell me. <laughs> We're probably a blend of the two. <laughs> yeah, you probably are. That would make sense. You're Just a look blend at Hugh Jackman or Heath Ledger in the day, you know, <laughs> Kate Blanchett. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, need to, I need to interview them. That's on my yeah. bucket list, right? But turn inward if you're in question and really trust that intuitive voice. Yeah, I love that. And turning inward. I think, like, again, you demonstrated, like, by doing that, you've, there's treasure. There is amazing stuff to come out of that and to find that space and to have a life where you get to create. And I think life in itself is a beautiful big game where we just kind of create and, you know, it's always say, if you don't like it, change the rules um, (laughs) to the best of your ability, because there's definitely rules we can change around the side of things, but it is just like working. So I love that is dreaming big, don't be afraid of failure and go within if you can. Well, what beautiful lessons that you have and oh, what a beautiful way to kind of sum that up for people because I think they're massive valid points because people are, they're afraid of those three particular things. And I think if we, it is hard, how do we, how do we encourage people to do those particular things? But I suppose, would you say that you kind of have to be ready or maybe there has to be what's the word, an influence to help you push to go that way? Well, I think, again, it's a practice. I think that you start small. You know, you don't have to completely change your life and blow it up the way that I have at times. You know, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he goes, don't follow my, I didn't write the, I didn't write the instruction book on this. I, I <laughs> don't don't follow book. me. <laughs> That's not my manual. <laughs> Maybe you should publish that one. Maybe that'll be a bestseller. <laughs> But I encourage you to make small changes first because it is it is a habit. It is a practice. And the more the smaller ones lead to the medium-sized ones that lead to the bigger ones. Or unless you're foolish like me, you make big ones right away and just deal with the aftermath. Either way, but I would I would 
you know, I think, you know, measured for somebody who's maybe a little more risk adverse, because that's really what we're talking about here in change yeah, is risk aversion. Yeah. That if you're a little more risk averse, start small and build the muscle. And that just, you know, that's a really fancy word for our listeners. It means you just don't like change, okay? If you're risk adverse, <laughs> it's like you're a person who's afraid of change. <laughs> that's just that way. Because like, I'm thinking, wow, we got really technical there. We we're pulling out some. No, no. It's just like, but it is, it's true though. I think 100%. It is starting small. It can be simple things. And what would be a tip you could give people who might be a little bit risk adverse, but just to start small? How would you, what suggestions would you make there? Well, it really depends on what it is that they want to change in their life, right? You know, what is it that you want to, what is it that you want to change? Because while I can say, oh, I went through all of these career path changes, you know, maybe that's somebody who is needing to move out of a relationship and get out of a relationship, or maybe it's somebody who's, you know, wanting to move out of a job that they don't necessarily like. So I think the advice would really be different depending on what it is that they're, they're going to do. But again, I think it really is to summon the courage to take the first step in whatever that is for you. If it is getting out of a, a relationship that isn't working for you, maybe it's seeing a therapist to see if to, to figure out if this is something that you do want to do. Because I think you have to be really clear. That's the first step is getting really clear. Clarity helps. But I was, I was going to say, like, and I love the fact, and sometimes the simplest of things is for me, especially this year, was I was like, no, I was like, I'm going to say yes to things. Because it's just, I've got to say yes to. Oh, that's good. I've just got to say, and I just looked at it simply as like, I've just got to say yes to opportunity. I wanted to say yes to expansion. I want to say yes to growth. I wanted to say yes. And like, I'm super thankful because if I didn't, I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't even have that's the privilege. That's a better tip of... than mine last one. That's a better <laughs> tip than go see a therapist. But you know what's funny about that, Peter? Yeah. <laughs> my, this is my year of saying no. Oh, okay. All right. Well, take us out with that one. How, what's where's the? I love this. I what's where's the? Because where's I the nose? Could, I have this tendency to be a yes person, even if I don't feel like doing it, or I tend to over with like all the pots boiling on the stove. Have too many pots boiling on the stove because I said yes to too many people, and so then every some things are starting to boil over, and so I've had to learn to say nope, not taking that pot on. Or no, I don't feel like doing that, which yeah. for me, being a yes and person always has been really big to say no as a complete sentence. Oh, I love that one. That was, I always remember that from Serena Williams's uh, biography. So it's like, no, no is a full sentence. And yeah. It's, it's powerful. It is powerful. So there you go. What a beautiful way. And I just want to say, I'm so thankful that. I caught you before your no year kicked in and we got to have <laughs> this interview. No, you know, I'm it right now. no, you actually did it. It was this, this year, 2023 was the no Oh, year. it was this year. Oh, okay. It was this year, but, but, but you as I say, opposites attracts on the yes, you're the no this year. So. <laughs> yeah, but you're somebody I wanted to say yes to. So Okay. Well, that's, that's nice to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's beautiful. But I absolutely love it. And what a beautiful way. Like, honestly, Nick, it's always a pleasure. Honestly, we always have. I love having a chat with you. It's been so absolutely inspiring to listen to your story. And I'm so thankful you got to share your insights and your lessons and your takeaways for this one. I hope our listeners and I know they'll enjoy it. But again, thank you so much for your time and your vulnerability because it is so lovely.
lovely to talk to someone who has been through something like that and is willing to share that. And I think it is absolutely inspiring. So thank you again for your time. Thank you, Peter. Thank you so much for having me. 